Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Right Dose with me, Dr. Sherry Standing. Taking care of a child's health can be a very difficult task. Each episode, I will explore topics that you would normally discuss with a pediatrician at your appointment. My goal is to empower parents and children by helping them access tools for lifelong healthy living. Welcome to The Right Dose. I'm Melinda Mackey along with Dr. Sherry Standing from Greater Regional Health. How are you? Great. And this is something, uh, this topic that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about sleep training and it's, it just keeps changing. And, um, but for parents, it can be really frustrating to figure out that sleep schedule and it changes from newborn to just just six months and you're already changing so um typically we'll talk first we'll just start at the very beginning for newborns um how how, what is a sleep schedule that would be considered normal for a newborn well newborns i mean they might sleep total like 16 hours a day but they might sleep only one or two hours at a time Mm -hmm. and if they're breastfed they might wake up every hour or two to nurse Mm -hmm. and so that would be that would be normal and then then as they get older they start sleeping longer and longer periods at a time so at six months then it's still normal for them to get up in the middle of the night they might wake up once in the night to have to eat but they shouldn't be waking up every two hours Mm -hmm. and if they consistently wake up every two hours but nothing is wrong they're they're fine they feel fine there's no fever they're not hungry um and i know i'm i'm guilty of it when i have my oliver who's who's just now eight months old if he makes a peep i'm up picking him up my daughter is don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it, you know, but uh, he does he does a pretty decent job of, of putting himself back to sleep for for a little bit anyway. I think he still gets up uh, re- pretty regularly, uh, super early in the morning to eat. You know, like I think around four or five he gets up and he wants to eat. So, mm-hmm. um, but what would be... Yeah, if they're waking up, if they're six months old and they're waking up every hour or two, that, then you've probably got a bad habit going. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's nothing wrong with them, like they have a fever or they're sick or a dirty diaper or something mm-hmm. or hungry then it's probably time to start working on your habits. Mm -hmm. And that's what's hard when you've either rocked a baby to sleep, so the only ways they can get to sleep are by nursing or being held. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it's hard, they haven't learned to soothe themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really hard to, I found it myself, like different people have, parents have different tolerances for letting their kids cry. Mm -hmm. So they're, several ways that you know you can sleep train a a baby right and i want to talk about that too um first before i forget the uh uh when i had babies this was you know 20 some years ago when uh i had babies and uh the big thing that i always heard was you know you shouldn't nurse them until they're completely asleep because they they can have that milk in the back of their throat and it can actually affect their ears is that something that is true is that something that us grandmas are going to say now don't do that are we still accurate i haven't heard that i mean they they should still be able to swallow Mm -hmm. So it won't just sit there. I don't think so. I okay. think they'd swallow it. <laughs> so I remember hearing that and thinking, well, wouldn't they choke? I said, I, you know, I, I, but the reason to 
there there would be a reason to nurse them until they're not quite asleep is just because then you put them in their crib when they're uh-huh. drowsy and they actually go to sleep on their own. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't ever heard about this milk in the back of their throat. <laughs> well, there is the thing about the cats. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. No no cats in the, yeah. in the house. They, they get in and, yeah, that was... I, I think there's some kind of a horror movie about that, too, Maybe and I'm so. not sure. <laughs> like they smell the milk in the baby's mouth, right. and they breathe it in, and then the baby suck the baby's oxygen out yeah, or something. And that like, that's not true. No. <laughs> I don't think. No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate either. Um, and, but uh, onto the crying it out, um, I, I was never a, a fan of it, and I, I did rock the kids to sleep, for and I do the same thing with Oliver. And Savannah is a, a big fan of laying him in the crib and letting him lay there. And he, he does put himself to sleep once in a while, um, but the crying it out, I, and I've seen other mothers post, he's been crying for, for you know 30 minutes, and he's still not putting himself to sleep. What would be the time frame for a six-month-old to let them cry it out before you say, okay, that's enough crying? I just can't take that well, anymore. It's it varies with kids, mm-hmm. and as long as you're like you might go check on them just to be sure they're okay. But some kids might cry for an hour the first night, and then the next night a little less, and then it gets less and less, and that and that's kind of mm-hmm. called extinction. Mm-hmm. And if you can stand to do that, that's probably the fastest way to get them to go back mm-hmm. to sleep on their own. Mm-hmm. There was a, recently there was an a woman that died, but she was known as the sleep woman and people would hire her to come to um, get their kids to learn how to sleep on their own <laughs> because they couldn't do it themselves but that's how she did it she ra- she fed them and made sure their diaper was changed and wrapped them up swaddled them and put them in their crib and let them cry and, and in a day or two they just learned to sleep on their own huh now we talked a little bit about bad habits too. Um, what are some of the things that you may be doing during the day that are um, causing your baby to stay asleep or stay awake at night instead of going to sleep? Well, like making daytime more playtime, mm-hmm. so you're doing more things to keep them awake for more of the day, so that if they sleep most of the day, they're probably not going to be as tired at night. Mm-hmm. Even at six months old, they can stay up for a little they longer. They can stay up for a little longer. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that I always did, um, and I, I thought it I thought it helped. Um, I didn't see it on the paper, but I always thought it helped. Uh, of course, I bath time at night, a nice warm bath, and got them calmed down, and everybody's quiet, and lights are dim. But when they got up in the morning, then it was also changed out of your pajamas and changed into your clothes for the day. So the kids didn't, and I, I really thought that helped a lot, yeah. just having them notice that, that switch to where the fabrics were different, so their daytime clothes were a lot different than their sleep time clothes. So you sleep in this, and you stay awake right. in this. Yes. Yes. I think, and I think you can't say enough about routine at yeah. night, with with any age to have it designated time. You do the same things every night, mm-hmm. but like you said, you turn the lights down. We're we're creatures of circadian habits, so mm-hmm. if you have the lights really bright, then your brain doesn't tell you it's getting dark and it's time to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So turning the lights down, not having TV, and a bunch of mm-hmm. noise and and doing a bath and maybe reading a book but so it's the same thing every night mm-hmm. and then they then they go to sleep on their own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, of course newborns they want you to put them on their backs when they sleep and uh, I, Oliver is uh, all over the place 
So Savannah has sent me screenshots of how he starts out sleeping in the night, which is on his back, and slowly he rolls to his side, and then pretty soon he's completely flipped around upside down. <laughs> so it's uh, but all that is fine. And yeah. um, so, but what what are what is the age where laying them on their back isn't absolutely necessary? That was always the Once back your baby. Can, I, I would tend to put them on their back, but. Once they can roll over and move around, you don't mm-hmm. have any control over the position they sleep in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, Oliver is all like, over. He's proving that point. <laughs> yeah, over and over again. But it is, it is a, I, I know she had some uh, questions about it, and, and because we talked a lot about SIDS, and I think every parent is just absolutely terrified of that in every which way that you can prevent that. And um, I read in here that it is okay to let a child take a, a toy to bed or something like that, but not when they're that little. What would be the no. age that it's okay? I think okay? when they get to be a toddler age, mm-hmm. you know, over one, they could take something to bed with them. Mm-hmm. But in, in the younger ages, it's as infants, it's better to not have a lot of soft things that mm-hmm. they might get their face into and not be able to get mm-hmm. away, get moved away. I know when I had Savannah, the bumper pads were huge. Yeah. And by the time I got to Ricky, they were like, no bumper no pads. No bumper pads. I know. <laughs> I know my kids had bumper pads. Yeah. It just yeah. Because you didn't want them to, get, to hit their heads on the railing of the crib or get stuck. Yeah, and the, like that's what we worried about. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the wrong thing we needed to be worrying about. Yeah, no, I just uh, I, I always found that funny. By the time I had Ricky, it was like no no bumper pads, no bumper pads. And now um, we uh, getting into toddlers. Sometimes those are really uh, if you if you don't get your child to go to sleep on their own, which I didn't with Savannah, and it was a nightmare. It was <laughs> she did not want to sleep in her bed. We got her her own toddler bed, and uh, I, I know I'm not the only parent that has done that, but you hit that toddler bed age, and they don't want to stay in, in it. Uh, what are some of the things to, to sleep train a toddler? Well, if that's why you know it's good to kind of do it early so that right. they know how to soothe themselves and put themselves to sleep, but if they get to that stage and they don't, aren't good at soothing themselves or going to sleep then you might and and they're able to get up out of the bed <laughs> you might need to do things like where you sit you need to do the chair thing where you sit in a chair by their bed mm. so they know you're right there mm-hmm. and then gradually move the chair farther and farther away as they get yeah that's a good idea as they get better at at lying there and realizing this is where I sleep mm-hmm but it might take some time with the parent kind of being close and then get gradually mm-hmm. moving further away until they learn what the what the routine is mm-hmm. gonna, the new routine is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that would that would have been a great thing to do. My my solution was every time she came to bed was to get up and bring her back to her bed. Yeah, that's a way to do it too. <laughs> and lay with her until she went to sleep. But as soon as she woke up, she was back up into bed. A lot of long nights. A lot of long yeah, nights. Yeah, that's. I think that's the main point here. Like parents. You, you have a big heart, and you don't want your kids to cry. Right. And you think, well, what's wrong with holding them while they go to sleep? How many years? You, know, you don't have that many years to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But parents get so exhausted, and that, mm-hmm. that doesn't serve anybody. Right. And so getting your kids to learn how to fall asleep on their own is, is, better, is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And parents, just, you just can't afford to be exhausted. 
all the time. And so right. that's a, a ma major reason to do this. And then uh, another thing, uh, sometimes they do wake up in the middle of the night and uh, Oliver is, he, he's done eating except for one time in the morning. And then, so he, you feed him late at night and then earlier on in the morning, he's ready to get up and eat again. But uh, in between times, he does kind of stir and wake up. How long is it, is it totally fine to leave them there and, and let them just figure it out? Yeah. Yeah, but if it gets where they're, you know, they're crying, and I would go check on them and make sure they don't right. need something. Yeah. But just to hear them shuffle around and make a few noises and, you know, give them time to go back to sleep. Yeah. Well, even being adults, you probably make a lot of noise at night, too. Yeah. <laughs> you don't probably. need any help with. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then, uh, let's see, uh, anything else? It's a, be consistent. That's the big thing, I think. Is I think just consistent. like what you mm -hmm. said, how you did it every night the same. Like, be consistent and yeah. start good habits early. Yeah, it de it definitely makes a huge difference. By the time I got to Ricky, I had it all. I had that figured out. I had the sleep thing figured out, and he was his crib was his safe place. So he was when it was time for bed. He's still a, a sleepy kind of guy. He still likes his <laughs> sleep. So, but he uh, by the time I got to Rick, then he would get tired, and he didn't want to be rocked to sleep. He wanted to go to his crib, and uh, so I I had it. That's great. It, it took me three to get it there. <laughs> I always tell Savannah she was my practice child, so yeah. I figured out what would work and what wouldn't, and she really loves that. Yeah, <laughs> she, was the, she was the experiment. She was the practice child. So Another thing I would say is that it's not a good idea to have a TV in your kid's room. Oh, yeah. And just to really stay away from screen time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. there are some things that are soothing, too, like sometimes with toddlers, um, there are a lot of guided imagery things now like you can download them on your phone like there's an app called insight timer or calm and they have kids guided imagery so that every night you know like if you're wanting them to stay in their bed and you're sitting by them you could start playing that the same song or story mm -hmm. that they can listen to and and once they start going to sleep with that mm -hmm. then it gets easier to fall asleep when you start listening to that every night yeah yeah, that but makes sense, too. But it's not a visual TV, mm -hmm. like, uh, screen. And it's not something they have to worry about shutting off or it's, you're yeah. going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and it's still going, or, yeah. <laughs> which is a deal, too. So, okay, anything else? I don't think so. Okay, and then this is actually called uh, the Ferber Method, if, if anybody wanted to Google that and, and uh, just read a little bit more. So we didn't cover exactly everything word for word, and, and uh, but there is a lot of good information on that, and it is tough. It is tough to sleep train. It just mm -hmm. is, and getting off on the right foot is just so much easier than taking them back to bed overnight, <laughs> six times a night. <laughs> Because that's not cool. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> anyway, all right. So if anybody has any questions, they can send those to KSIB at KSIBradio.com. Anything else? No. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Right Dose. If you like the show and want to know more, check out greaterregional.org and click on the podcast page for episodes information discussed on the podcast, and if you have suggestions on topics that you want to hear about. Also, if you like what you've heard here, give us a review.